0: Hey there, Vols fans. We are five days away from kickoff in, can't even say Knoxville, Tennessee. We're going to bring you three segments today. One is a little bit of news. Two, we're going to make them Tennessee picks. Third segment, we're going to make those SEC Week 1 picks. All that... A little more, another episode of Tennessee Fan Talk, coming your way. Listeners, thank you again for tuning in, another episode of Tennessee Fan Talk. As always, I am Brandon Bird. No Duke this week. Y'all remember from last week? He said he's going on to Florida for a little bit of the Daytona race. We probably could get him on the phone, but he may be slurring his words just a hair. We'll give him just a hair. We have a special guest, Bryce, this week. Big Tennessee fan, new to the Tennessee fanship. If I'm, if I'm very new. There we go. But just as excited as the rest of us, without having to go through the hard years. That was Butch Jones. Or Dooley. Let's just go to to Dooley.
1: (laughs) I think there's a disclaimer that needs to be said, too. Uh, I'm married into the volunteer family. uh, And when I say married in, uh, at my wedding was the uh, Tennessee-Kentucky game being played. And Rocky Top was played about seven times. (laughs) I think my first dance got trumped by uh, needing to play Rocky Top because there's a touchdown scored. So that just gives you a little intro into – how big of a UT family I married into:
0: that's that is fantastic, fantastic whats what's the bad thing about that was is that the wedding was scheduled on a game day.
1: Listen, yeah, <laughs> I know there, there was a joke who said uh, <clears throat> we originally had it on the Alabama day, and, and we were told we had to push that. Too important of a game. I,
0: last year, most definitely yeah, La- yeah. most definitely, although it would have been one hell of a wedding gift.
1: That would have, I mean, hey, but you can't can't win them all.
0: In our first segment, uh, we're going to talk a little bit uh, on the news. First off, uh, we have Milton taking to social media. Tired of hearing that it's on him. Tired of hearing that um, he's got to get a little bit more maybe QB knowledge, how he has to change, stop his overthrows. Listeners, you know how I feel on Joe Milton. You know how the Duke feels. On Joe Milton, see what Bryce has to say on that. I say he's too old, and you can't teach accuracy oh, at this no. point. You can You just can't do it. What you've you've. Where's your face? And that that's what he is tired of hearing. He's tired of hearing that he has, um, you know, he missed his chance at Michigan. He yeah. missed his chance at Tennessee again, and and now he's just the next guy because he's the oldest and most experienced, and that. Uh, We keep hearing that Nico's not ready. Honestly, honestly, going back, was Peyton Manning actually ready?
1: Probably not, Okay, to be honest with you. And and so this is my feelings. Third time's the charm, right? I mean, Joe, (laughs) it's got to be. It's got to be. But the issue, the real issue is, uh, I think that Michigan, that's a different story, Joe, being young. Transferring over to Tennessee. Not a uh, passing school. Not not a passing school. It's totally different. Then he gets into the first year of Tennessee and you know it doesn't play that well, but I think he's learning a new system. And, and I the, think that he's, learning
0: a new system. The competition yeah. in the SEC versus
1: very different. Uh, the yeah. Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah. But you're you've gotta it, there's a little bit more grace because I have a lot more faith in Heupel's ability to develop. I mean, look at him back at Oklahoma, even as a player. You know he is an incredible student of the game. I, I think that his ability to develop quarterbacks. Let's be honest with ourselves. If this was last year and we were talking about Hinden Hooker, we would have all said, "Everyone said I don't know if Hinden Hooker's really got it." Couldn't cut the it at, Couldn't
0: cut it in Virginia Tech.
1: And and yeah, at Virginia Tech, and now look at him. I mean, the guy should have won the Heisman. I mean, should have. They, they paid Manning them. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they did exactly what they did exactly what we thought he was going to do, and. Didn't give him the Heisman. Didn't give the most talented athlete the Heisman. You know, they gave somebody who paints their nails uh, the Heisman. But they, I'm not bitter about that at all. <laughs> I've, I've got nothing to say about that. But, but I do think that the time in the system, especially something as complex as Heupel, has to count for something. He, yeah. he, you know And, and Joe, being a
0: being roommate school, with Hooker. Handed Hooker. You know, yes. And they, they constantly had each other's back and they constantly were talking with one another.
1: In the Clemson game. Are we yeah. forgetting about that? Yeah. I mean, the only time, but our, our most recent. I'm, Joe
0: was not the MVP of of the uh, Orange yeah. Bowl. I'm sorry. I mean, he put up some numbers, but.
1: The receiving core is, you, you can't Beasley get
0: was the MVP of that
1: game. 100%. 100%. And, but, it,
0: but Joe needed it for the confidence boost, if that's. Then, okay.
1: We needed it as the fans of the confidence base. (laughs) Let me tell you. like There'd be a whole different story about how we feel about going into UVA if overthrow Joe showed up and and threw uh, around the Orange Bowl and we got blown out like 50 to nothing by Clemson. That would crush us. But I think that having the most recent version of Joe Milton be in quality, him having a great spring and a great summer. I mean, Josh Heupel, I don't agree – it was. I think it was the SEC media day where he said, "I don't think, I don't think Joe's thrown an interception the entire camp." I'm going to call BS on that one. There's no. There's yeah, come on. No way.
0: You're going to te- yeah. tell me the defense didn't step up and show and up what they can do, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I, I've my take is I've got faith in him.
0: So moving on to so you, you got faith in him. Um, move on to. The second topic we have today is Vegas. Vegas has those odds showing Tennessee to embarrass Virginia. Embarrass them.
1: Agreed. One, I mean, is there really any chance for UVA? They're probably one of the worst programs. They don't belong in the ACC. Uh, they're, they're one of the worst programs in the country. They've been in shambles. Uh, I come from Virginia. I had a lot of friends go play UVA. And Virginia Tech, and let me tell you, there's a stark difference between the attitude of players going to play at Virginia Tech and the attitude of players going to play at UVA. UVA is not a football school; they're not really a sports school, uh, and I don't think that they have any right. I, this is really a tune-up game. I mean, this is like playing like Southeast, Southeast Alabama State or like you know Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing.
0: So your money is on that they got Tennessee at 28 point spread for Tennessee the over under of 57 and a half ooh
1: i'm taking i'm listen i'm tennessee i'm taking tennessee blowing them out i'm i'm putting money on the money line i'm putting everything
0: you're not going to win anything in. money line but for yeah, tennessee need... is <laughs> 5000 oh lord <laughs> under
1: Hey, you know what does that the, the, what
0: does that get you with a with a
1: I think it's you like ten cents
0: a hundred dollars wins you two bucks
1: I'm just gearing up I'll, I'll roll it into the next bet I'll roll, I'll, that, that'll all roll just, into the Florida game just roll it in yeah but I, I mean I think Vegas odds are correct I mean the the skill level of of Virginia is not there and I think Tennessee for those of us who want to see Nico I think this is going to be a good time to see Nico show out. I, I do think this is going to be, you know, they're. So they they're get a, going to cover they get that.
0: enough points ahead. You think they might stick in Nico in this game instead of waiting until, you know, the second
1: game? Oh, yeah. I, well, a Austin lot of P. it depends. It depends on how the offense hits. If they're hitting in all cylinders and it's, you know, running in the second half and you're up by 28 points, I think you coming out of the locker room in halftime, I think he see Nico come out. Uh, I don't see a reason why not. Given okay. that experience, it's a really low impact game. You're basically playing a home field advantage. Oh it, yeah,
0: most definitely.
1: Yeah. And so it's one of those things. It's one of those games that this would be perfect for him to kind of get a tune up, get his first collegiate like start. The last thing you want is neck and neck against Florida. Joe Milton gets injured and the, Nico's first time stepping up on the field is him having to make a miracle. Right. I, I mean, he, you don't managed, want him to go
0: next, through what Peyton had to go through.
1: Yeah, he, and honestly, could he be the next Tua? Could he come in there and turn everything around? Yeah, he could have, but let's hope we don't get to that point.
0: Why do you have to go Tua? To Just because they can same nationality. <laughs> <laughs> <sorry>. I mean
1: <laughs> – I'm sorry, <laughs> cut me a break here, but I just remember Jalen Hurts and just not cutting it, bringing in Tua, and it's like, hey, this is the this is the next I think that's hilarious,
0: Jalen Hurts not yeah. cutting it. Now look at the man. Come on, yeah, oh my gosh, I love, yeah. I love that you get to hear Jalen Hurts, University of Oklahoma.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's suck on that, Sabin. Suck. suck it, Nick. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You had a a good uh, segue point right there. You said uh, offense having to step up. Who steps up into wide receiver one, so to speak? You got Hyatt gone. You got Tillman gone. Luckily, Ramel Keaton is returning. Uh, The man with the hands, dude, catches everything. Just just full-on dives out and catches it all. You have uh, veteran Brew McCoy coming back who, let's face it, the anything that in, involves high-flying acrobatic skills, that's maybe not your guy, but if you could put it in his hands, he's at least defarming the first person that gets to him and putting them down. Right? <laughs> very, very strong. And then you have the speedster in Squirrel White. A couple of new names coming up as uh, freshmen. Who has to be the superstar? And I think it's Ramel Keaton.
1: Listen, I'm saying somebody you didn't even think about. I think I have a lot of faith in Dante Thornton.
0: Okay, and I, and his I, name I has that, come up.
1: Man, you're talking about when he's at Oregon, he's crushing it. When he's, when he's healthy, right? Now, besides having the best name in football and Squirrel White, you know, you, you got to love Squirrel, but I think that Dante Thornton really replaces what we lost with Jalen Hyatt. I think that there is a potential— So height and speed— Height and speed, but also you – in order for Hypo's offense to really work, we saw last year that you need to consistently have this deep threat looming over your head. Alabama, I mean, that's one of the things that's just killing them is, yeah, you have these short underpasses. You're moving quickly, moving quickly, and then they get set, and you have this giant, you know, 50, 60-yard bomb, and especially with somebody to throw it like Joe, but you have to have that, that guy that's going to be the playmaker that's going to be there. I think that Brew McCoy definitely is is one of those guys, and Ramel Keaton. But I think that Dante Thornton, once it really starts getting going, you're going to see Dante Thornton come in there and be a serious playmaker that people aren't expecting. Everybody sees this guy coming from Oregon that right. thinking he's not going to cut it. But right. I, I think it's completely different. There's a reason why, also. Why do you think he went? He could have gone anywhere in the country. Why did he come to a Josh Heupel offense?
0: He wanted to, to have receiving yards. 100%.
1: And he also wanted to have an offense that's gonna position himself that he can put on full display somewhere where he's gonna be able to have pro potential. But com- and this is nowhere else in the country.
0: Coming from the Pac Zero. Uh <laughs> oh,
1: <yeah>, PAC non existent.
0: <laughs> Coming from the Pac Zero, is he gonna be <laughs> Is he gonna oh, be, be like when he gets out there and he's he's gonna be like the the dude from uh the longest yard? He they fast, coach. Those corners are fast. They make fast people look not fast.
1: Well, I'm going to have to eat crow in that one, too, because I just got done saying how Joe Milton had to get used to the SEC, and here I am saying a guy coming from the Pack nothing Burger is going to do something special his first year in the SEC. But, uh, man, yeah, that's definitely – People forget there is a serious learning curve in the SEC. Oh, yes. This is not, this is not, you're not stepping into your average place. Nope. I mean, just like you say, Sunbell Billy, you know, the, from the coaching staff to the quarterbacks, it's, this is not a walk in the park. No. You don't just walk into the SEC. Every team can beat you.
0: Yep. And that's what people don't understand. They're, they're, you know, so and so's schedule, this, you know, and I, and I make fun of it too. I make fun of Georgia for never playing Alabama, you know, wow. a, a, during regular schedule.
1: We'll get but started. that's terrible. That's it, criminal.
0: It, it is. It is. And, and we're only paying attention to it because Georgia's been the superstar for the past at least three years, if not a little longer. Yeah. You know, they've been there. But week in and week out, an SEC schedule is daunting. I mean, even as bad as Vanderbilt, which is going to make a good segue here in just one second. Vanderbilt beat Kentucky. Vanderbilt beat Florida, and Duke is so tired of hearing me say that.
1: (laughs) It is it is crazy when you. I mean, you can't even start to imagine. Well, like I said though, uh, before we were talking on the show, you lose to Vanderbilt in the SEC as a coach—that's a kiss of death. You might as well that. That's your pink slip. It doesn't matter when you do it. If it ever happens, you're yep. done.
0: We call That's that the botch Jones effect. <laughs> <laughs> the botch Jones effect. So that is. so Vandy kiss of death. You lose to Vandy kiss of death. Let's talk Vandy for just a second because uh, we didn't even go into this last week. Week zero, and it's called week zero for a reason. It's because Only the zeros
1: play, baby. The zeros
0: play. So Vandy, uh, the only team to win in their week in their you know in their kickoff their season kickoff the only team to win and still be embarrassed. Did you see any of the who? First off, this is the first stadium renovation since 1981, and apparently they dug up the original general contractor to do to do what they're doing now. Usually. When a stadium is going for enhancement, it happens the day after your season is over, and you know Vanderbilt is over very quickly. Pretty soon.
1: <laughs> there ain't no bowl season for these guys, folks. <laughs> so. Let's not get that confused. They honestly they could start changing around it's early Christmas gift for uh, So how for the boys how do there. you not at least have half of it done? That's it's my well. You got to step back too. How do you have your scoreboard held up by two cranes? <laughs> what is going on?
0: Yeah, I've seen better structures put in at concerts in a field.
1: This it's fire fast. Just SEC football.
0: Bonnaroo. Bonnaroo has better temporary yeah. facilities than what has happened it, here. Hawaii had to fly. 14 hours wheels up wheels down 14 hours of travel time to go into a locker room in an elevated floor with a tent over it showers and facilities lockers put in a
1: tent oh yeah
0: how embarrassing to get paid Vanderbilt 40 million dollars a year from the SEC and this is what this is what they do
1: it's unbelievable. It, also, note this too. Uh, fun fact: Hawaii traveled just for this game. They traveled more miles than Vanderbilt will travel all season. Oh, so that's that, pretty. It's pretty crazy. Fun really fact: look at, look at that. I know. i Hey, I'm full of them. But I, I think this is embarrassing. If I honestly, like I told you, this is the. This is potentially the SEC is building a case against Vanderbilt about why they don't belong. At least for football, this is probably if I'm the SEC commissioner. There's, I'm probably taking a long look, really assessing who I've got in there. There is no other team that sits in the basement like Vanderbilt. Oh,
0: I wish Duke was on right now because he'd say he'd say, "Yep, yep, yep." First two out, Vanderbilt, Missouri.
1: <laughs> oh no, you can't do Mizzou. Oh Lord, we, we need we need to have somebody to be able to. They're beat saying Georgia Georgia if, they're
0: saying if your stadium is equivalent to that of uh, TSU, you have to get out.
1: It's the bar that's set. Oh, it's a pretty low bar, but hey, I'll, I'll buy that. I mean, the fact that you're doing stadium renovations if, and you're still not—if
0: one of your end zones um, it has rocks on a hill, it's time to go. Oh
1: Lord, I've been to a game in the zoo, and I'll tell you what—it was—it uh, was a lot smaller than I realized if, when I got if there. You're, it was if your if your
0: college SEC team stadium resembles that of a high school. Stadium in the state of Texas, you got to get out.
1: One hundred percent, absolutely. Look at schools like Texas A&M and look at schools like Tennessee. Yep the the size, Vandy's renovations. I think it's still, it still only holds sixty thousand people. That's half. That's half of UT.
0: And they still don't feel it they until yeah, Florida, Auburn, Tennessee comes to town.
1: It's Georgia. great. Yeah, I mean. For, for this game, when we were talking about before the show, this is one of those things when you call up the Vanderbilt people and say, "Hey, when's your game starting? And they say, "When can you be here?"
0: When <laughs> uh, we well, we'll get enough seats in the stain uh, uh, butts in the yeah, seats, we'll, butts in the seats. When all we y'all get buddy.
1: here, we'll, we'll go ahead and kick we'll, off. We'll let
0: that. We'll let the. It's not televised. It don't matter. It's on the app. <laughs> we could push it off.
1: Hey, week zero. You know, <laughs> got to show up. That's the only time.
0: That does it for segment one. When we come back, rolling into segment two, we are going to make the Tennessee pick for this week. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, Everything just makes sense.
1: Go to grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's grammarly.com
0: slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, Vols fans, welcome back to another episode of Tennessee Fan Talk. We have just finished up Segment 1, we being myself and special guest Bryce Duke out for this week. I can't wait to hear what he has to say about Vandy next week when he joins back in. Hitting into Segment 2, we're going to hit our picks for the Tennessee-Virginia game. Of course, Vegas has it to be a 28-point spread with uh, around 50 50- 8 points total. I think it'll go over that with a running hypo offense.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree I mean couldn't agree more. There's no way Tennessee's cover or sorry there's no way UVA's covering this. No. It's without a shadow of a doubt. They UVA again, this is this is uh, on the same status as Bishop Sycamore. Uh, it's a non-existent football team that's showing up just for money. Uh, it's sad that it's happened to UVA, but they're just going to get stomped. I don't see that there's any chance for UVA to, to even remotely cover that spread.
0: So rolling in UVA, Tennessee is, is a highlight in their schedule they actually don't have a horrible, horrible schedule. They they will play NC State. They yeah. will play North Carolina. They uh, will play Miami, which we'll see what Miami shows up. They'll play Georgia Tech. They'll play Louisville,
1: and then sleeper team.
0: Yeah. Uh huh. And then of course their in-state rivalry at, at Virginia Tech uh, at the end of the season. Uh and, and of course this game is because of uh it being Virginia that it will be on ABC at eleven o'clock. <clears throat> um we've talked a little bit about what has to happen. Um we have to have receivers step up. We have to see this, this game's gonna show us what Milton uh is capable of
1: yeah.
0: with um another team in the ACC.
1: Yeah, I think he's going to tune up. I think he's he's got his he's got his eyes. He's got the ACC's number. But I think another thing that as ball fans, not, we're not nervous about it, but we're definitely thinking about is how is the defense going to respond? Yeah. How is the – you know, when you're talking about people that need to step up, uh, the offense was throwing a party and the defense didn't even show up. Yeah. This year I think that as ball fans were starting to be concerned a little bit, not not concerned, that's a that's a big word, but I think people are eager to see how the defense plays. And this UVA team, this is where we're really going to see a lot of those young guys being able to run around and put hats to a ball.
0: I, I want to see this defense make me not worry. Even if I have some doubt when Florida comes around, I want to say the defense is going to take care of it.
1: Yeah, and I think that we'll see, we'll get our first taste too of, of looking at how um, – the offense in previous years the offense has with that high-pull system moving so fast a lot of times they are on and off the field so quickly and the defense is out there for long for long times i think it's going to be kind of the opposite of instead of going three and out the offense is going to score so quickly and the defense is going to be right back out there mm-hmm. so you're going to see a lot of what it would look like for uh, one of the, some of these games where tennessee is not scoring at will you know it's one of these tight games that is a lot of fight and grit uh, but you know, obviously, I don't think this one's going to be a big, big grit, big gut check.
0: No, no gut check. Um, one thing I love about Heupel is the foot doesn't come off the gas. He doesn't matter how far he's blowing you away. Oh, he's yeah. he's gonna, you know, next week against Austin awesome P. He he may pull out some starters, throw some guys in to see what they're going to do. If we don't see Nico this week, we might see him next week, depending on the score. Yeah. But Tennessee, UVA, and, and we—I may have thrown out a couple weeks ago when we kind of went through Tennessee's schedule uh, what we thought scores would be. We were just going wins and losses, but we may have done uh, UVA's. I'm—I'm—I'm going to give UVA some points. I'm—I'm going to say somewhere that 14 to 17 range. Um, mm. Just they're going to slip something by, and then again, it may be later on in the game when a bunch of freshmen are are you know, getting their time on the field for Tennessee. Uh, but 52-17 sounds good to me.
1: Yeah, I would, I would go with that too. I think there's going to be, like you said, there's going to be some garbage time points in the fourth quarter. Uh, but I think that this is probably a better, a more accurate depiction. I think it's going to be, uh, I would say, probably 28-7 or 28 nothing going into half. Uh, I think that that's probably somewhere around where you're going to see that. I think that at any time – There's not going to be a close game. It's not going to be a close call. Uh, There's going to be no time where, besides kickoff or EVAs, even within a possession of Tennessee.
0: I like that. Do we see one of the – it it was Kentucky – I don't think it was Kentucky last year. I think it was Kentucky the year before where we made the three-second, you know, uh, get the ball first play. I think it was three seconds. Uh, Sideline pass. Straight to the house. Did we Man, see something I, like that right out of the gate?
1: I think you do because I think that the Tennessee receiving core and Joe Milton have something to prove, and Hyple knows yes, that. Hyple, being a coach, yes, he's going to empower these guys. He's yes. saying, "Hey, it's the way that Joe's talking." The media is constantly berating Tennessee. The fact that we're number twelve, how are we number twelve in the country? Blows we,
0: my mind.
1: We are a significantly better team. You, the, you, the fact that you're even putting USC up there, it, it blows my mind. But that all set aside, I think that Hypel is one of those guys that's going to uh, – he's going to set his team in the right direction, but he knows how to get these guys to lift their confidence and get them in positions where they can shine. And that's kind of what he's going to do. You're going to see, uh, like going to the house, I think, uh, a lot of opportunities right off the bat. There's no way that Heupel is going to start slow. It's gonna be well, let's put pedal to metal, let's put foot to neck. I like turn it them.
0: It I like it. You're with me on that fifty-two, somewhere around that fifty-two seventeen. I like I wrote down your twenty-eight, nothing at half. That's that's uh interesting.
1: We'll see. We'll see. And I'll fun. throw this one. This is this is another prediction. I want you to hold it to me. Nico's gonna score a touchdown in the game. A there's gonna be ball. There, there's going to be a touchdown pass thrown by Nico sometime in that UVA game. And you may call me crazy, but I'm telling you, I think that it's going to get out of hand quick, and Hypool is going to take this opportunity. Playing Austin P is one thing, but but playing somewhere that's not Knoxville against a team that's no. uh, not coming out of the Missouri and, Valley.
0: And we traditionally do not do well at Nissan Stadium.
1: No. No, it didn't. Uh, it was a Vanderbilt loss there.
0: Uh, our the last loss there was Music City Bowl uh, against Purdue.
1: Oh, th- okay. That's that was robbery. Or, there's, I still have my petition that I sent to the NCAA <laughs> about that. I haven't heard anything back yet, but I have faith that 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 win will be vacated from Purdue. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey, well, you, they're oper- They'll get to it. They just finished up with Pruitt. You know, that's been going oh, on yeah. for a couple years.
1: Yeah, and then yeah, <laughs> it's. Jeremy Purit, Chick Fil A bags. Where, where's my <laughs> McDonald's? Bag, McDonald's
0: bags. Oh, McDonald's. Yeah, he uh, uh, do refers to him as the Hamburglar. <laughs> oh my God! See him, see him rolling in. They've they've already told the kids at uh, the high school he's coaching. And if you see Coach come in with that McDonald's bag, just run because he's uh, he's up to no good. And with that, guys, we will wrap it up for this episode. Check us out later in the week for. Final segment where we go around the SEC and make our Week One picks. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Remember, wherever you are, we are. We are at TN Fan Talk. Catch you later this week. Go ball.